during the week, I ended up studying uh, quite a quite a lot on a particular subject, and I even prepared a four-page handout for this morning. But when Bethany left this morning, I feel like Holy Spirit's got something completely different this morning. Scrap the handout, just leave it in the office. So there were 250 or 300 of those handouts that are, that are in the office. I'm sure there's going to be another opportunity to use those. Love it when the Holy Spirit works that way. Has it been amazing this morning? Well, I feel like, I feel like that what he wants this morning is for each one of us to know just how incredibly loved we are. How incredibly loved you are. Father, I thank you. You are so amazing, such a wonderful, loving, caring Father. I thank you that you cared so much for us, for you so loved the world that you gave your only Son. That whoever would believe in him would have access to everlasting life. Not only everlasting life, but I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you came to destroy the works of the devil, that we might end up living life to the fullest, as your word says, life abundantly. And we give you praise this morning for all that you do and all that you've done. In Jesus' name. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way through the rest of this service. We're going to go to Romans 8. <laughs> and skip around just a little bit. Instead of reading the whole thing, I'm going to start with the first, the first verse. So now, there is. I'm reading, Linda, I, I switched up because I, I went back to NLT. I very rarely preach from New Living Translation, but... This is something that I have so marked up when I, when I turn to it. It's like, oh, yes, it's good. It's good. This translation is wonderful for the eighth chapter of Romans. <clears throat> Are we up there? So now there is no condemnation. Everybody say, no condemnation. No condemnation. Again, no. no condemnation. For those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you. You're free. Through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. I was saying, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm free. You're free. We'll drop down to 811. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your, mar to your mortal body by this same Spirit that's living within you. Eight fourteen. Uh, 
for all, everybody say all, all, who were led by the Spirit of God are, for all that are led by the Spirit of God, so we are, yes, amen. Okay, we're going to go to 8, 28, 32. Let's back up to 26. Sorry, Linda, I'm going to keep you jumping. 26. And the Holy Spirit, this spirit that we're talking about, helps us in all our distress. For sometimes when we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Hmm. Should we read that again? And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress, for we don't even know what we should pray for. There's times that we just don't even know what to pray for, nor how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I remember having a dream, vision, another one of those drision things where I had not been filled with the Holy Spirit because I was not, from my perspective, I was not speaking in tongues, and that was the only gauge uh, that we had or that I had to go by. And Having a, a dream that was, was so real, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was asleep or I was awake, but I had, had, was, some people were around me who were praying for me, and this was in, this, in the vision, and I leaned back against a wall, just slipped, I'll say slunk, <laughs> down that wall and was laying on the ground just groaning, just groaning knowing and feeling. And then it was about a month later and Joe Ferguson came here and that very thing happened to me in the gym. They, were, they laid hands on, I fell back against the wall, just sunk down the wall, just laid there, just groaned and groaned and felt the muscles just in my stomach, just convulsing. It's like, <laughs> no question, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was only about oh, within 10 years after that that I started speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the... <clears throat> And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. So we can stand confident in knowing that all things work together for our good. Verse 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son 
so that his son, Jesus Christ, would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. Man. Jesus Christ, the firstborn of the Father, with with many brothers and sisters. With many brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ, the firstborn, with many brothers and sisters. I think we need to say that about four times. With many brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ, the firstborn, with Jesus Christ, the firstborn Son of God. And who are those brothers and sisters? Who are those brothers and sisters? That then makes us children of the Most High, does it not? We are children of God. We have an older brother. We are adopted into that kingdom, Jesus Christ being that as our older brother. Is that not right? And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And he gave them right standing with himself, and he promised them his glory. And having chosen them, and who did he choose? Us. He chose you and me. Having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And what did we do? We responded. We came. We came. And he gave them right standing with himself, and he promised them his glory. So what, what <laughs> I have written down here that it is really, really important that we make the decision and we make the confession. Decision plus confession equals acceptance. Decision plus confession equals acceptance. We make the decision, we make the confession, we confess our sins and confess that we believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through Him, and we are immediately accepted. Now, I was, as I was reading that and just and thinking and thinking and and just meditating on that. And, and, and this part of the word, I, was, I went back to thinking when Jesus was baptized. And I, I preached on that probably just two, three weeks, within the last month. I know I preached on that where Jesus was baptized. And, and the heavens opened. The heavens opened and the voice of God came down. And the Holy Spirit came down and settled on him like a dove. And for sure, at least John the Baptist saw that, but everybody that was around heard the voice of God say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am. This is my beloved Son in whom I am. I believe, I believe 
that when we make that decision, when we make that confession with our mouth, when we are baptized into his death and into his resurrection, that we also hear that same voice and have opportunity and access to that same voice as, this is my son, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. This is my son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. Because if you think about it, what had Jesus done and accomplished prior to his baptism? There's nothing recorded that we, that we know. He hadn't done miracles yet or anything. He just made the decision to be obedient to his father, to be baptized, which he was there from the very beginning of time. He was before it was. The world, all creation was made for him and through him, yet he came as a lowly human being in the flesh to be our example, to be our older brother, would you say, fully God, our older brother, to be the example to us for our life. And, and, and he submitted himself, he humbled himself to the point even of being baptized, and then the Holy Spirit came down, settled on him, and he heard the voice of God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm going to say again, I believe when we make that decision, when we make that confession, when we physically take that step into baptism, that we are fully accepted as sons, and we hear this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. We are filled with the Spirit. We are given everything we need for godliness to overcome the world. And he is proud of us just because he's been pursuing us and we've made the decision. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Wes, he's pleased with you. And you, 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 and you. Let's read on. Verse 31. What can we say about such wonderful things as these? What do we say? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? If my God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody of any importance, that's for sure. Since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God, who gave us Christ Jesus, also give us everything else? As sons and daughters, we are in line for inheritance just as Jesus was. Everything that was available to him is available to us. Somebody say amen. amen. That's great news. Amen. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Mm. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Will God? No. He's the one who's given us right standing with himself through his son. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus condemn us? No, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. No, for he is the one who died for us and was raised to life for us 
and is sitting at the place of highest honor next to God, pleading for us. We've got an advocate that's consistently pleading for us, sitting at the power side at the right hand of God, pleading our case. Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? No. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we mess up, if we have trouble, if we have calamity, if we're persecuted, if we're hungry or cold, if we're in danger or threatened with death? Does it mean that he will abandon us? No, absolutely not. Even the scripture says for your sake or, or, or that we will fall out of his love. For your sake, we're killed every day. We're even being slaughtered like sheep. But the answer to that, no. Despite all of these things, any, anything that comes against us, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And 38, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't. Life can't. The angels can't. The demons sure can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we're high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. I believe this is another thing that I jotted down. He created you to be the object of His love and as Scripture says, and glory. He created each one of us to be the object of His love and His glory. We are glory carriers. We are His glory, and our job is to glorify Him by expressing all of the love that He's poured out on us. But again, I just go back to it. We've read all about His love, His love, His love, His love. The thing that we have to do is just take the lid off and receive what he has for us. There is, uh, there is very little time left. There is something that, that, that I think of and I've, I've really been studying, been pursuing, and that's like the voice of reason. The voice of reason, I believe, so oftentimes what we perceive to be the voice of reason couldn't be the voice of the enemy. The voice of the enemy. When we believe the Word of God and we believe the promises in here, we understand and believe what He says about us, the authority that we have when we're basking in the middle of His love, when we will receive what He has for us as sons and daughters. Man, there's nothing that we can't accomplish in and through His love. And what he's calling us to do is to leak that love on everybody around us. 
to just to leak that love on everybody around us. The first thing we have to do is understand that we are worthy. He's been pursuing us always. What separates us from his love? Nothing. We are, there's therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, called according to his purpose, that have accepted his love. Now the enemy has a voice and a voice of reason that says this doesn't even make sense. This is way too good to be true, isn't it? This is way too good to be true. This makes no sense. He's been the same liar today. He is the same liar today that he was back in the Garden of Eden when he convinced them speaking <laughs> the words of reason, the voice of reason. Now take a look at that tree. Are you sure? Did God really say you won't die? Take a look at that tree. The fruit looks good. So, you know, we can end up reasoning or rationalizing our way right out of the promises and the words that he's given us right here if we start to think and reason listening to that voice of reason in our head. So I just encourage you this morning. We need to be familiar with the Word and the promises that He's put in the Word. We need to believe what He's telling us and reject the voice of reason. That voice of reason can bring so much separation. I was just, I was, I was thinking this morning about the voice of reason, the voice of reason. You know, the, the enemy's greatest desire is to end up separating us, to bring separation into the church among Christians, separation. And I was even thinking about the mask issue. You know, we are to love our brothers and sisters, particularly our brothers and sisters in Christ. Man, it is very specific that we are to love one another. Jesus, Jesus said in, in the red letter, Jesus said, you need to love one another as become one. You need to become like one, one unit. In unity, you need to become one. The brothers and sisters... Jesus being the older brother, we are brothers and sisters, and those who are in Christ Jesus, we need to become one, like the Father and Son are one, like we are one with Him, He is one with us, we need to become one with each other, which means we really need to put love on, and we really need to learn how to love. And we, we have found a really good place to stop. I think it would be a wonderful thing for us just to continue in worship, go back into a worship song or two where we just worship together and just proclaim his goodness, thank him for the promises, thank him for what he's done, and just love on each other for a little bit. If there's somebody that you have a word for, that you, that you just want to bring encouragement to, if there's somebody that you need to ask forgiveness or somebody that you need to forgive, I think that would be a great time as we just worship the Lord in conclusion. I'd like to take like the last 10 minutes here and just worship Him some more. Worship Him some more. Listen to what He has for you as we go into worship. Listen to what He's telling you. And if he shows you somebody that you need to forgive, I, I really, 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 really believe 
that forgiveness is something that is so huge, both in our, in our healing, if you need physical healing, in our emotional healing, in our ability to walk in wholeness, fully being able to receive the love of God. Any trick that the enemy has played, any hold that he has on you, as we worship this morning, we're going to just be praying as we worship this morning, that any hold, any shackle, any chain, that you release that and let the power of God settle on you, break off chains. Again, any chains of, uh, of addiction, any kind of deliverance that you might need. You know, man, Christians end up having struggles with demons as well. This is the time where we can just shake them off. We can just shake them off. It's in worship that we get that freedom. It's in worship that we can just shake them off. Shake them off. It's like a good shower where we get showered in the presence of God. Shake it off. Shake it off. Are you ready? Let's just stand up. Let's go back into worship here for another 10 minutes or so. And I want you just to focus on the Lord. Focus on His goodness. The promises that we've just heard. And any thing, any kind of hindrance, anything that binds you up, anything that holds you back, it's like as we praise Him, just shake it off. Ready? Come on up. Anybody that, let's, let's move out. Let's, let's not just stand in the pews. Let's move out. Let's shake it up, shake it off, receive what He has for us this morning.